Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This is Talking Stuff, where we talk about Ohio State recruiting football primarily. Tonight, we're also talking just a skosh about basketball. I'll be joined by Andrew Ellis. We're going to talk about all the latest happenings around the Buckeyes football program, the recruiting buzz, and uh, the efforts as they head into Big Ten play. Let's get to it. Andrew, um, here we are. Like It's been a couple weeks since we did a Talking Stuff. The last time we did it, it was the the couple days before Ohio State hosted the entire world for Notre Dame, and no one's committed yet. Should Ryan Day be fired summarily on the spot? Should did we just fire him? I mean, it, Gene Smith's got to consider that at this point, right? No, yeah. but I think last time we talked, we said that we. I know nobody was necessarily expected to commit, but we kind of thought maybe there was a guy or two that could pop in the three or four days coming out of that Notre Dame weekend. Um, it didn't happen. And then the last two games have kind of been not as, you know, high level as far as the number of visitors that have been in town. And then with Wisconsin coming up this weekend, that uh, that all ramps up again. I think it's important, though, to differentiate between players committing and players making up their mind. And I think that there probably were at least a couple guys that sort of made up their mind uh, uh, during the Notre Dame weekend and We'll talk more about that, you know, as we go along. But, you know, the in-state players that we've already talked about, guys like Garrett Stover um, and a few others that we sort of thought could go that weekend or the week after. I don't think the Buckeyes have lost ground with anybody. I don't think they've lost ground with any of the big-time defensive linemen that were there, um, including, you know, Keon Keeley, Mateo Uyangalale, and Damon Wilson. I think that they're still in in a really good and maybe favorable position for all three. Um and especially with Keon Keeley, who I think deserves to be talked about first here because that's sort of the news of the week as the Buckeyes are preparing to bring back Keon Keeley for another visit this weekend. Keon and his family told me on Sunday night that they, they were pretty sure it was going to happen. At that point, uh, they hadn't confirmed that airline uh, you know tickets had been taken care of yet, but that they felt pretty good that it was coming. Just... 10,000 foot view. How important is it to get him back on campus right now? What do you think it means? I mean, this is one of the biggest visitors of the entire cycle. And I know that's kind of sounds strange with it being an unofficial, but um, I mean, he's coming back, what, three weeks after he was in town for the official visit. Um, this is a five-star guy, one of the top five players in the country, probably regardless of position. And I mean, it's a big, it's a big weekend. A lot of the commitments are going to be in town. He's grown close with Luke Montgomery and some of those other guys. So this is about as big as it gets for an unofficial visit in in my eyes, at least. Yeah. And Brandon Ennis tweeted that he was going to be back in town um, for this Wisconsin game the day after the Notre Dame visit. So you'd expect him to be there, a handful of other guys that are going to be there, but it's really those two Luke Montgomery and Brandon Ennis who have sort of taken on the role of, of peer to peer recruiter when it comes to Keon Keeley. And his mom, speaking to Adam Gorney from Rivals.com, had mentioned that he wanted to come back because he really he wants to make sure. I, I, I'm i not verbatim what, what he said. You can maybe pull that up for me if you can. Um, but the, the, the crux of it is that he wants to, I think, make sure that what he felt four weeks ago is the same thing he feels this weekend. And I think that's just impossibly huge because we do know that the real – competition at this point in the recruitment of Keon Keeley is Alabama, where he's supposed to take an official visit to next weekend. And Andrew, I mean, it kind of feels like the timing of this 
is telling us that a decision from Keeley could come like maybe a week or two after these visits happen and not something that drags on till November. Yeah, it seems that way. And I'm, I'm just kind of reading that quote now. He wants to get more of a feel for the place before making his mind up fully. So, I mean, if you're an Ohio State fan, obviously the total dream scenario would be he heads to Columbus this weekend. He makes a decision shortly after, and he never makes that trip to Tuscaloosa, which he's expected to do for the Texas A&M game. So, I mean, getting him back is a big deal in itself. And, Berm, I know you did a uh, recruiting question of the day about this, and I think there's no reason to expect that he won't make that trip to Alabama. But um, just giving him another trip to Columbus, it's just going to give him even more to think about between now and whenever he does decide to make a decision. Yeah, and it's something I just want to underscore when we're talking about a player like Keon Keeley, a kid like Keon Keeley. This is not a, a young man that is doing this for fun. He is not interested in the hype and the pomp and circumstance around the recruiting world. Um, even when, when the rumors of or, or the confirmations of his plans to visit this weekend began circulating on Sunday night, I had a brief conversation with him, and it was like 10.15 at night on Sunday night. And he's like, man, I don't want this attention. I don't want this kind of conversation about me. He's like, especially this late at night, I'm, I've got school tomorrow. Like he's not a kid that cares about all this stuff. So if he's making this trip, it's because he truly wants to either a validate what he felt about Ohio state on his first visit or B give the Buckeyes one more chance to prove to him that they are the better fit than Alabama, where he's going to visit next weekend. And I, I don't think that he'll cancel the Alabama visit either way. I mean, I don't want to even begin like putting that out into the ether as though I'm suggesting it in some way. But I think that he is a kid that's going to know by the end of this visit if he's choosing Ohio State or Alabama. And that's that's sort of the way I'm I'm viewing it. Yeah. No, I mean that makes total sense. And it's just, you know, as somebody who's, you know, rooting for Ohio State and following Ohio State recruiting, it's it's just hard to there's reason for some optimism right now, I think, but then you also have to remember that Nick Saban still has that official visit in his back pocket. And that's certainly enough reason for concern. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Ohio state got the later visits for both Caleb Downs and justice Haynes, maybe. So we know how those recruitments went, but you know, those were two different positions groups. It was not Larry Johnson situation. So I don't know, man, I, I, I know we've talked about it before. It's like, are you a, edge in Alabama's system or are you more of a 4-3 edge in Larry Johnson's system and you look at the kid you look at his measurables 6'6 250 or whatever and he looks more like a 4-3 edge defender and I'm sure they're I'm sure they've been talking to him about that for the last few months and they'll probably continue to do the same this weekend but just that last visit to Tuscaloosa I mean there's every you have good reason to be concerned about that if you're an Ohio State fan yeah and, and there's also on the, on the flip side I, I have been saying for months now i i think keon keely was going to end up at ohio state that was just something about him and the buckeyes that made a lot of sense to me and i think it's hard to ignore the fact that three of the top five or six defensive ends in in the nfl are larry johnson protégés at ohio state and yes all three of those guys came in as five-star can't miss talents and none of them did and i think that matters i i, I you know i'm sure i'll have people in the comments pinpointing where I'm wrong here, but I don't know which Alabama defensive ends are in the NFL and, and dominating or playing a lot. I know they have a couple linebackers. I know they've got a, a, some, some other talented players throughout the league, but do they have any edge rushers that are dominating in the NFL? 
not to my knowledge. And like, I know Will Anderson's a freak show, but he's, and he could be the number one draft pick, but Keon Keeley is not in that mold at all. At least not in my eyes. I'm not an expert, but he just does not look like that type of a prospect. So Ohio State's very much got that going for him. And I don't believe that he's the type of young person or his family is going to be solely motivated by NIL opportunities. And that is an area where I think Ohio State, and not to say Alabama's not playing that game the way that a lot of teams are because they don't have to because they're Alafreak and Bama and all. You know, you said like Nick Saban has that uh, last official visit in his back pocket, but he's also got like five national championship rings back there. And that that's really all he needs in yeah. his back pocket. Um, you know, I don't think that's necessarily the case um, or I don't think it's as clear a case as as for like Damon Wilson, who I think with with Florida, with Miami, with Georgia, with a couple of these other schools that are involved, I've, I've, I believe that Ohio state has the best shot with Keeley because I think that he's a kid who fits into the culture at Ohio state extremely well. And that's not a knock or suggesting that Damon Wilson doesn't, I've never spoken to the kid. He does not talk to the media unless you're uh, dealing with him in person. And I haven't been down there to see him yet. Um, But it, it does seem like the Damon Wilson recruitment has changed a little bit in the last month or so. And, you know, there was conversation heading into the official visit that the Buckeyes visit could be his final one and that he could be done after that. Um, and, and again, that visit couldn't have gone better uh, from talking to people at Ohio state. They got the opportunity to spend real quality time with Damon, with Keon and with Mateo. Um, but now we're, you know, there, there's reports out there about Damon Wilson that he maybe wants to slow things down and take more time. Georgia has been a major factor in this from 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 the very beginning. Uh, Florida is the one that I think people are hearing. I don't I don't like speculating on NIL because it's just basically an unprovable thing. It's unverifiable um, because rumors are just so rampant. But the numbers that I've heard as far as what um, some schools are offering Damon Wilson in more of an upfront type way are not something that Ohio State's going to entertain, period. So uh, if that becomes more important, then the longer his recruitment goes before a decision gets made, then all of a sudden you start to worry about uh, is is a delay a, a bad thing, don't you? Yeah, you definitely do. And and like you said, and you're the guy who tries to talk to these kids. That's not my realm. But he doesn't seem to talk to anybody. And there definitely seems to be conflicting reports out there of could he still decide here in the next couple of weeks? Or is he going to take his remaining two or three officials? I think Ohio State and Alabama are just the two he's done so far. But um, I don't know. That that kid's kind of a wild card just because he's so uh, – the way he handles his recruitment, which props to him for doing that. So it's quiet yeah. and different. Well, that's what makes all three of these defensive ends so very interesting to me. None of them talk to the media. Keon Keeley talks the most to the media. And even he – I mean, you can't find – I think maybe but one or two sentences on the record from Keon Keeley in the last year uh, that weren't to a Notre Dame reporter when he was committed to the Irish. So uh, it's weird. All three of those guys, Mateo, uh, Keon, and Damon Wilson, are extremely close to the vest, and it's really hard to get a read on them, which is why even since all three of them took their visits uh, three weeks ago, there hasn't been anything concrete. And to that end, I think it's important to understand that confidence coming from any one side or the other generally is coming from within the coaching staff um, and not as a result of direct communication or contact with the young person. And in that case, when you're dealing with Alabama, Andrew, like 
they have every reason to be confident about any player in the world. It's Alabama. They get pretty much whoever they want. So if their coaches are, are telling their media that covers recruiting, hey, we're pretty confident, it's based on the fact that it's Alabama. They're going to be pretty confident, and they should be. I don't know that it necessarily means that Keon Keeley or uh, Damon Wilson or or anyone has given an indication directly to the media member or or people that are talking to the media member. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I you talk about the Alabama stuff with Keon Keeley. I forgot that Mateo still has a potential official visit to Tuscaloosa too. I think he's kind of the one that we've long thought was going to take things further into the process probably. But um, I, I guess if you're an Ohio State fan, if you feel good about Ohio State going head-to-head with Alabama at any position group, you're probably looking at wide receiver and and edge defender. So it's, you know, it's a defensive it's end, a battle. Not edge defender. Forward. Sorry. Yes. Defensive end. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it, it is just one of those interesting subplots that if you want to beat Alabama on the football field, you're going to have to beat them on the recruiting trail. Uh, and in this cycle, especially Ohio state has fallen short uh, for two quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, a running back, a safety, you know, that safety, Caleb Downs, there was some at least rumors percolating that he could potentially sneak up to Columbus for the Ohio State-Wisconsin game. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not ruling out the possibility that he could visit for a later game in the season, but I don't think that will be this weekend. I've heard rumblings that he'll probably go visit and see his brother, uh, Josh, in North Carolina and watch them play. So that's the update on that as much as I can really say. Um, people are going to freak out anytime an Ohio state commitment visits other schools, right? Like that's the way. It oh yeah. It's yeah. It's just how it is. Yep. Um, it's weird. I think in some ways when it's a player like Jelani Thurman, who uh, we, we don't talk about much. Ohio state media doesn't talk about him much because again, like the defensive ends we just mentioned, Jelani doesn't really talk to the media and he doesn't really want a lot of that attention. He's not giving interviews to other schools media either. So it's not like you have to worry about that, but he has been at at Auburn the last two weeks. And he did take a visit to Auburn in July, essentially three days after committing to Ohio state talking to informed uh, people about that recruitment. There's not any concern coming from inside of the Woody Hayes athletic center, but it still feels weird doesn't it like at some point and and I guess what I want to say is don't let it feel weird because Kojo wants we visited Georgia how many times last year five um it's it's relatively close to where he lives he's got friends that are are involved there a teammate who's committed to Auburn um it doesn't hurt that Auburn went and just absolutely got boat raced on Saturday against Penn State so it's not like he went and saw a great environment and a great vibe and, and all that stuff but uh, Andrew, coming from the perspective of, of fandomonium, how hard is it to to see that and be like, oh, come on, dude, really, again? Well, I mean, first of all, I think it's worth just – he kind of flies under the radar because he's a tight end, which, you know, given how Ohio State uses its tight end in most years, although Cade Stover's doing some good things this year. Um, but he's a very, very important part of this class, especially with Ty Lockwood no longer in the fold. You know, he's a freak athlete, kind of unlike any – tight end that Ohio State's had in some time. Uh, but from a fan's perspective, you see a kid that lives in SEC country, visiting an SEC school all these times. It all goes back to the whole 
watch what they do, not what they say, you know, philosophy. And what he's doing is he's visiting Auburn multiple times. Um, I, I think Ohio State fans should be thankful to James Franklin for absolutely dominating there on a, on Saturday. But um, I, I think this one kind of goes against the rules a little bit because typically you'd be really worked up about this one. But I don't know. My sense is just it's not too concerning right now. Yeah, and that recruitment, I mean, what you just said is totally apropos. Like, it's sort of gone against the rules pretty much the entire time. I don't think anyone really anticipated when Jelani Thurman chose Ohio State that he would commit to Ohio State. Uh, he made an official visit in June, and it was sort of a throwaway trip from a lot of people's perspective. And then all of a sudden, he commits to Ohio State. They lose the first commitment in the class of 2023, Ty Lockwood, because of it. Yeah, three days later, he goes and visits Auburn. He's been to Auburn three times you know he, he did come up to ohio state for the notre dame game so he was in town for right. that it's not like he hasn't been doing what he needed to do there he's in very good contact and communication with ohio state the auburn trips are not happening um unbeknownst to them so it's not something to worry about but it is just one of those things because again it's 2022 and recruiting is just very very different now than it ever used to be and it's easy to be a little bit concerned i think about what that all means uh, you know i don't think and we can try to run down quickly the class here real quick. Other than Jelani Thurman visiting Auburn, there was some – I think there was some rumors about uh, Kay and Lee also making a trip to that game. I don't know if he did or not. Um, I haven't been able to get that confirmed by Kay and, But that's another one. Like, two weeks ago, he was wearing Oregon gloves at a game, and then he was wearing Miami gloves. Like It's all just like uh, – I don't think he can put a whole lot into it. I talked to Kay and on Friday. He's locked in with Ohio State. He said he's – you know. He, he doesn't have any concerns about any of this stuff. Says he's super happy about the way the Buckeyes defense looks and he's looking forward to being part of it. But, you know, it is interesting that right now the position group that Ohio State has not uh, had visits from really uh, is Kay and Lee didn't visit for the Notre Dame game. Calvin Simpson Hunt didn't visit for the Notre Dame game. Um, you, you, those are guys where you're like, man, a cornerback in Georgia who was committed to the Bulldogs previously, a cornerback in Texas who was committed to Texas Tech previously. Uh, if you start to have like that creeping feeling of, of weirdness, I think that's the position I'd have it the most in, but I don't even know that that's founded in anything really concrete. Yeah, and I totally forgot about Calvin Simpson Hunt, Hunt not making it up, so that's a good – that's a solid point. Um, I, I don't know. I guess for me, the names that I've kind of been watching the most are – I guess Mark Fletcher, just because of, you know, I know his family is definitely fans of the Hurricanes, that kind of thing. I'm sure he'll pop up for a game, you know, this season. And then Carnell Tate, I'm, I'm not worried about that one by any means, but I don't think you or I would be surprised if he ends up visiting a couple other places. Um, but I think I think the confidence in keeping both of those guys is uh, relatively high right now. At least that's my read on things. Yeah, it's weird because uh, – Again, and I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but because we're in such a different era of recruiting, kids are saying and doing the things that like coaches want them to do and say. They're not making visits to other places. They're they're not talking publicly and promoting other schools. They're not doing the dumb stuff that people generally get upset about. But because in a lot of cases, and I'm not specifically stating this with Carnell or, or anyone else, saying in general there's a much more of an impact and a um a an influence in these recruitments on the parents or um you know coaches or, or third uncles as urban meyer would call them 
that are really trying to drive the bus and keep options and windows open because NIL has changed things so much that it's sort of foolish to say, well, we're completely shut down. Don't call us. Don't, don't offer us anything. Um, because now you're allowed to offer people things. So why would you not at least want to have a, an opening for these kids? I, I It's why I really believe more than ever that the NCAA needs to institute an early signing period like August 1st, something like that. So kids and their families that, that want this stuff to be over with can can lock it in. But, um, you know, I guess that's neither here nor there. I'm not in charge. No one ever puts me in charge of anything. It's unbelievable. Right. I mean, I, I no, I'm with you on the the signing period stuff, and I, I don't know. Like, I just think where where things stand right now with 2023, I don't think there's too many concerns. But like you said, Simpson Hunt, he seems to be one of those quieter kids, so I, I don't think there's any room for concern. But I don't know. It's, I can't remember yeah. if he's on the list for this weekend or not. But I didn't no, think he and, was. And no, you know, he's not. what's interesting is that Ohio State in the class of 2023, we talked about it a little bit a few weeks ago. I talked about it with Bill Landis on on the recruiting editions of the podcast daily, like this class for all intents and purposes is pretty close to done. Um, you're waiting on two, two defensive linemen. If you can get two of these three that they're really chasing. Um, the Buckeyes did host Mason Williams uh, from, from Ohio for Ma- uh, I think mag, I don't want to say the high school cause I can't remember it off the top of my head, but he's a tight end committed to the university of Ohio uh, or Ohio university. My apologies. I know yes, as an thank alumni, you. I, Go Bobby's my, my fault. Um, you know, and he's been a guy they've been watching for a while. Uh, he camped with Ohio state this summer. It's not like the Buckeyes aren't trying to flip kids too, I guess is my point. Um, but it's a slightly different world when you're talking about a potential flip from Ohio to Ohio state as it is from Auburn or, you know, Texas A&M or Texas, because you know, those schools are going to have to turn up the juice on Calvin Simpson hunt. That dude's really good, and he doesn't get talked about much. Carnell Tate is obviously very good. Noah Rogers at NC State, obviously continuing to try to to make something happen there, but to no avail. Um, it, it's just a weird class at this point. There, there's there's not a lot left of there's not a lot of meat left on the bone in this 2023 class, and um, it makes it easy, I think, to get kind of worked up about potentially losing guys um, to other schools because. The flip side of that is that there's not a lot of guys who are just in line to take their place if something were to happen. Um, and, and that's what I think makes it all the more tenuous and sort of nerve wracking for people. You know what I love is how early on in these cycles, a lot of times we talk about, is there any way Ohio state is going to get to like 27 signees or 28 signees? And every now and then, like, I feel like it's possible and then here we are right now with what, 20? I think it's 20 commitments right now. 20, yeah. And maybe, I mean, how much, like, what are they going to add? Three, five, I don't know. Like, there's just no way that that number is even attainable right now unless something wild happens. Well, yeah. I mean, you may be at a tight end. You, you're still pushing hard for Samson, Samson Okunlola and hope you can get him on campus for the Michigan game. I'm going to just continue to say I, I expect that he'll visit Ohio State officially in November. And, um, they're, they're certainly pushing for that to happen. And then, like I said, there's the two, uh, uh, defensive ends. You're hoping to land two of those three, which is a, a, obviously pretty important. If you can do that, those are two of the three best players in the country at that position. And then you just keep hacking away at Caleb Downs and you hope that he sees what he wants to see. 
out of this defense that is now primarily focused on the safeties and uh, has mm. evidence of safeties playing very, very well and, and being a major part of what they do. And you know, that ultimately was what it was about for Caleb in the summer was, hey, I, I don't have any proof that Ohio State's concept works, and now he has it. So does that is that enough to keep things moving in the right direction? I guess we'll see about that. Yeah, and I mean, we've talked about it before, how the transfer portal has totally changed the numbers game stuff too. I mean, they've got to keep at least one spot open in case Elias Ricks wants to transfer to Ohio State. Like like every cycle, you yeah. know, he's going to do that. So, Hell, but, I mean, yeah, I honestly, I get- I'm, not, I'm, not here to, I'm not here to tamper. <laughs> I'm not here to throw out. I'm not here to throw weight around and suggest that I know what people should do or what Ohio State should do. But, you know, we're, we've talked this entire cycle about, oh, well, maybe Ohio State needs another tight end. Like in the in the year 2022, uh, of our Lord, why the heck wouldn't you just find a way to see if Luke Lachey over at Iowa wants to come back home next year and, and follow in his father's footsteps and play at Ohio State? He's maybe the only weapon on Iowa's offense, and he's certainly not getting any actual use there. Like, there, I'm just, I, I'm being very specific in saying his name because it's one clear example that is just out there. But there's no reason anymore to fill up depth pieces in a, in a recruiting class on guys that you're not 100% convinced can be a contributor at Ohio State when schools like Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, et cetera, can pretty much just take any player they want from other rosters around the country. Yeah, and I'm not trying to negative recruit the Hawkeyes, but why in the earth, why on earth would any offensive player want to be subject themselves to that. I mean, I, I can't even watch like a series on T. I don't know. It's just baffling to me that that is it an is, offense in the year 2022. It is about as bad a college offense as I've ever seen. And uh, it's, it's puzzling because I know they have good athletes. I know they have very veteran experienced coaches and they have a good offensive line and they, they have good coaches. Um, but something is just certainly off, and that is not what we talk about on this show. So let's move on, because that would get weird. Um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to deep dive too far in this episode. And I, I know, folks, America, listen. We we talk about it uh, that we always want to do more of these shows. Uh, I promise we're going to try to do a recruiting centric show once a week at the minimum. And to that end, this will be sort of a 30 to 35 minute show. I don't want to go a lot further than that because, well, I'm tired of talking. I talk a lot. No one likes to hear it. Um, Andrew coming into this weekend uh, with Wisconsin coming in night game at Ohio state. It's, it's going to be a pretty good sized um, visitors list. It won't be like the Notre Dame game, but again, obviously Keon Keeley coming in Charles Lester, who uh, a cornerback from Florida in the class of 2024. He's one of the more, um, he seems to be one of the really high priority targets for Ohio state. And I didn't know that I really wanted to talk about this on the show, but I I've been tagged, uh, on Monday when we're recording this in about 30 different tweets from people asking why Ohio state's not chasing Desmond Ricks, the number one ranked cornerback in the country in the class of 2024, um, who, who tweeted at a fan, uh, on, on Monday that, he hadn't heard a call or, or received a text from Ohio State since September 1st. Um, and a lot of people are sort of looking at that with some uh, inc- incredulity, 
is the word I'm looking for. Uh, and asking what's up with that. Ooh, we what up with that? Um, here's wow. what's up with that. Ohio state recruits who Ohio state wants to recruit. And clearly there's something about whatever they've had interactions with Desmond Ricks before that they're not all in on. They just have other guys higher on the list. The rankings, the national rankings mean absolutely zero when it comes to a college coaching staff's uh, evaluations and maybe not any college coaching staff, but the good ones don't care what national recruiting websites think about players. Um, now, do they want to recruit five-star players and top-ranked players? Of course they do. They want to win the recruiting title because these are competitive people and they want to win everything. But if Ohio State's not recruiting a guy really aggressively at this point, I, I, I'm going to sound dumb here, but like it, there has to be a reason, right? It's not like they're just, well, we should just not recruit this player who people think is the best player because we don't like recruiting the best players. That's not That clearly can't be it. Yeah, and I know nothing about that kid's personality or culture fit or anything like Not that. But I will say it's it's important to remember for the 2024 class, there's for sure two and maybe even three, four, or five corners in the state of Ohio that are Ohio State caliber. So, I mean, that's that's a whole nother. And I think Bryce West, he's supposed to be in town this weekend, I think, back again. So, I mean, they, yeah. it's just a really good cl- defensive back class in the state of Ohio, too. And I'm sure uh, Tim Walton and, and co. Uh, want to take advantage of that. and. I think they will. So, yeah, it's not a situation where uh, I know Tim Walton is relatively new to Ohio State recruiting, and he's a, a guy that people don't know a lot of, about, and they haven't seen a huge uh, successful run like Kerry Combs had. But <clears throat> this is a guy who was a 15-year NFL coach uh, and, and coaching cornerbacks at the highest level of football. If there's something out there, whether it's personality, whether it's production, whether it's physicality, whatever it is, then you just have to just go, okay, they, they must have a reason. Um, and, and I'm begging you folks, national rankings matter a lot more to the fans than they do to the coaching staff um, at Ohio State. Uh, they certainly don't matter at Alabama. They, you know, they don't matter. Um, they are important to drive conversation. Uh, recruiting networks do a great job generally of identifying which players deserve those rankings, but it's not always one for one as far as what the coaching staffs think. So I didn't really want to dive into that on this, but I figure may as well, because people are, are probably going to keep asking me about it until Wednesday when this airs on, on the podcast, YouTube channel. So uh, yeah, it's kind of weird, but it is what it is. Um, speaking of, I, I guess we can talk about Taysan Chapman, the uh, Ohio State. Um, I, I, when are we gonna? When are we gonna put this on the YouTube? That's the big question. Let's say we're putting this on YouTube. Uh, this is <laughs> happening while we're while we're recording. We didn't really plan this yeah. out, obviously. On but, the on the fly, um, yeah. You know, Taysan Chapman uh, m- made his college decision on Tuesday night. Making his college decision on Tuesday night, he's picking Ohio State. So. You know, it's an opportunity for the Buckeyes to replace a player in George Washington III who decommitted the day after he returned from a visit to Columbus for the Notre Dame game when he was in town. Chapman was there as well, a highly ranked um, two-guard from Minnesota. Um, it, it, it may just be a better fit for Ohio State. And it's and I don't – obviously, we don't talk a whole lot about basketball, Andrew. I know you don't care that much about basketball recruiting. Um, but 
I think it's in it's a telling um it's a it, it's a it's an important reminder for people I, this has been a really great two minutes of of uh of audio i'm sure there, there, there. um but college coaching staffs get paid a lot of money to do their job and they know what they're doing and generally speaking they have a fairly good idea of what's happening in their program so when you lose a commitment from the first player who was committed in the class that George Washington III was in the Ohio State 2023 basketball class. It's because something else is in the works. It's, it generally doesn't happen where it's just a total surprise or where there's not a backup plan. And this is clearly a case where Ohio State had Chapman on campus at the same time they had George Washington the last time. So it's not like they weren't aware that something could potentially be changing and uh, it's a big win for Chris Holtman, and it does show Ohio State has the capability of going out and going across the country and bringing in real talented players. Because this kid from Minnesota, I've seen some people say that he he should probably be a top twenty-five player in the nation, and uh, that's what you need if you're going to compete in the Big Ten. That's yeah, all. like what, you said, what else, bas- you what else you got? Um, well, but yeah, basketball recruiting is not my thing, like you said. But I did think it was very weird that he decommitted coming off of his visit, and that's. Like you said, telling. Um, yeah, people were like, oh, so, maybe this means Bronny James is coming to Ohio State. No, 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 no. Don't kid yourself. Right. So switching back to the to the gridiron. So Mylon yeah, Grant. The important stuff. Yeah. he's Is he visiting again this weekend? Am I remembering it correctly? He's been on he did not make the last it, few weeks. Yeah, he did not make it last weekend, uh, as was being rumored. So he, he wasn't there. Um I know that he is anticipating being there this week for the Ohio State Wisconsin game. Um, we're you know, we're talking about the 20, 2024 wide receiver from Indiana. Sorry, just to be yeah, clear so, on who we're talking about here. Uh, same thing also happened with Marquise Davis, the twenty twenty five running back from Ohio. He was rumored to make it back for the uh, game against Toledo. He didn't. He will be back for the Wisconsin game. Uh, we'll have a much more comprehensive list of people. Uh, who are who are making that trip uh, over at ohiostate.rivals.com where you can find my my written work and Andrew's work. Um, it, it's certainly a interesting weekend for Mylon Graham. Uh, Ohio State did offer uh, Jeremiah McClellan, a wide receiver from St. Louis, last week, and it's pretty early in the recruiting cycle still. But Brian Hartline is generally the guy that narrows in on who he wants early and sticks with them. Um, the fact that he's still evaluating and making offers, I think at least puts a little doubt in my mind if he's ready to, other than Jeremiah Smith, let me just preface what I'm saying, and JoJo Trader. Those two, if they wanted to say, I'm in right now without question, uh, I think everyone else would still be in a in a bit of a evaluation period. I think, I think they'd say yes to Graham because like, Heartline was the first offer. They really liked the kid. Um, and they, they've they've been a big fan of what he does on and off the field. I know that there's been some adjustments that he's had to make um, academically to get himself lined up. And uh, from what I understand, everything is where it needs to be in that setting now. So uh, he is one of those guys that if we're talking about a potential commitment watch for the weekend, I, I would probably put him on that list. I did. I put in a rival's future cast prediction for him after the Notre Dame game and um, I've seen a lot of other people around the industry do the same or, or their network's equivalent of it. So uh, he, he's definitely one to watch this weekend. 
uh, real quick, you know, we put out our list of the 2024 priorities a couple weeks ago. And, you know, we had, yeah. or I had Ian Moore, offensive lineman from Indiana, number one on the list, in part just because of positional need in general. Plus, he's a number one tackle, according to rivals. Uh, anything like new there, anything imminent? I think he, if we had to make a list a couple weeks back of three guys that were maybe on commitment watch, I feel like his name probably would have been on that list. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that. Ohio State is uh, fairly um, easily in the lead in his recruitment. I think that's one of those kids where it, he is sort of prototypical offensive lineman that wants to get this out of the way early, doesn't want to be caught up in on all the recruiting hubbub. Um, you know, up until uh, that visit, he had been telling me that Nebraska and Iowa and Wisconsin were some of the teams that he was really looking at. You're talking about traditional offensive line, heavy, you know, schools. Iowa's offense, as we talked about, eek. Nebraska's fired their coach since then. Uh, Wisconsin uh, certainly has an opportunity to make some noise this weekend against Ohio State, but they haven't been their their normal dominant running self. If Ian Moore doesn't end up at Ohio State, I would be surprised. You know what we should do right now before we say goodbye? What's you that? You know what we should do. No, yeah. You know. A little game. Why don't you start it? Yeah, why don't we play a little game? And you <laughs> just throw some names out. People do like this game, and I figure it's a good way to end this episode since I've already fudged up everything else as far as talking through our plans for publication while we're on the on the podcast. So uh, let's let's get into it. Let's play a little game of in or out okay i'll probably do one or two 2023 guys and then two or three you do whatever you want i'm just i'm you know this is your barbecue i'm just here for the bo jackson salad, man you just bring it uh, <laughs> i just hit you with okay good that wasn't gonna be my first one but i just felt like going to 20 he hasn't doesn't have you know bo jackson 2025 running back from uh cleveland st joe's uh he he's a he's a really talented young player he's gonna be in right Okay, rapid fire. Uh, 2023 defensive end, Keon Keeley. I'm going to just keep saying in. I, I just feel like it's one that's going to happen for Ohio State. Okay, same position, Damon Wilson. Out, out. Okay. Out. I just I, I feel like Georgia, something about <clears throat> that one smells like Georgia to me. That's all. Okay, not going to do Jeremiah Smith because I think we both have the same answer for that. But uh, twenty twenty four, I still think he's. In. I still think Jeremiah Smith is in. I understand all the Miami talk is out there. I I just I I have a tough time seeing that one not ending up in Brian Hartline's favor. Okay, what about his BFF JoJo Trader? Out, out. I out. think he'll end up at Miami. Okay, okay. Uh, last one for today, probably. Um, in state running back twenty twenty four. Jordan Marshall. Whew. That is a tough one, man. This is a tough kid to read. Uh, I, 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 he's down there at Cincinnati Moeller, which is a, a school that's been last handful of years, pretty good to Ohio state. Obviously it's a school that produces a lot of uh, high character, young men who have big time uh, concerns off the field and interests off the field. Heard a lot of buzz about Northwestern in that recruitment as a potential upset. Um, I have a tough time thinking that he leaves the state uh and goes to a school that's not like a Northwestern or a Stanford or um, Notre Dame or someplace like that. If he's really, if that academic stuff is, is his ultimate focus. Um, 
but Ohio State is making him a priority. He is not just a kid that they offered and said, oh, we'll put you on the back burner until we're ready. They offered him in June at a camp because he was really damn good. Uh, I, I, I think he's going to be in, but I, I'm not going to be surprised if he chooses a different path. He's, he's not He's not one of these kids in Ohio that's like, oh, the Buckeyes offered, I, I have to go there. That's not his MO. But I'm still going right. to say okay. in because they need a 2024 tailback, and he's a really good one. Okay, real, I lied. One more real quick. Defensive player that was on my 2024 list, uh, California safety, Peyton Woodyard. In. Uh, in fact, I, if I would, if I was to predict, other than like Bryce West or Aaron Scott, who I think we expect both of those guys will end up in the class, if I had to pick one guy who I think could be the first commitment for the defense in the class of 2024, I think it could be Peyton Woodard. Um, I just think he's a, a really solid choice for Ohio State and a player that fits what the Buckeyes want on, off the field. Um, and I think well, now, well, now, I'm, now I'm just flood, flooding the gates here. Um, I think they're going to get KJ Bolden too. Uh, I, I that one I'm not. That's got a little bit more of a ways to go. Um, but there are family ties to Perry Eliano, and that stuff matters, man. Like how do you how do you how do you push that off? How do you just ignore that? I know Georgia's going to be super hard to beat there, and and they're certainly not going to let him go without a fight. Uh, and much like USC is not going to let Peyton Woodyard out of the state without a, a, a battle, but think that there's an opportunity there for Ohio State to land them both. Uh, but I'm going to say in right now for Woodyard and not in yet for, for Bolden, but that's just me spitballing. I think that there's a real opportunity to to win to win that one down the road. That's all. What about, what about Dallas? What, what about um, I, I agree on, I don't know. I'm not as, I'm not as, I'm not quite there on Keeley like you are, but I mean, you're the, you know more about this than I'll ever know. So no, I, I don't, don't I, I just, it's just a total gut feel. I just feel like that is a kid that fits at Ohio state at a position that Ohio state stacks up favorably to Alabama, as you said earlier. And I think that they can win it because of that. Yeah. I mean, hard to argue with that, I guess. I was, I was going to ask you about Dallas Cowboy quarterback Cooper or Rush, but uh, it's probably a little hard for us to talk about still. So, yeah, we're not talking about Cooper Rush. Um, <laughs> well, we, I mean, if we're talking about the Bengals, my gosh, what we need to talk about is pass rush and the fact that the Bengals can't stop one. What, what is, remember when they, remember when they brought in like four new offensive linemen? That's, oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, and yeah, here's sorry. the thing I understand the NFL is not like college football. I, I really do. You got to get these guys playing together in the preseason more than just practices, more than just OTAs. Like you have to play against other teams and learn how you play when you're lined up against someone you've never lined up with before. That that is bad. And it's not a situation. The Bengals have like the third toughest schedule in the NFL. It's not like you can just afford to throw away games to teams you shouldn't be losing to. Uh, just yeah. because it's the first two, no, you, you're not get, you're not going to go win the next fourteen. So, uh, very very puzzling that how, uh, how bad. How uh, de- how depressing is it going to be next weekend when Garrett Wilson beats two Ohio teams in back to back weekends? That's going to be just I'm just fully expecting it. You know, at this point, so how, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year and lost to the Jets last year. So, I mean, you certainly yeah. don't need to feel optimistic that they're going to be any better or any more prepared for it this year. 
Uh, they lost to Mike White in the Jets last year. This is at least Joe Flacco. He's won a freaking Super Bowl or went to the Super Bowl. I mean, he's a much better prepared quarterback than Mike White was. It's not yeah. good. Thanks for ruining I, the show, Andrew. That's yeah, uh, I'm gonna go, that's a go good spot to end sleep it. now. <laughs> good spot to end it. Andrew Ellis, you can find his work at ohiostate.rivals.com, where I also uh, am and, and do my time writing over there. And you can find me here on the podcast. Along with Austin Ward, Bill Landis, we talk about Ohio State football today. This show specifically is about Ohio State recruiting. Thanks for watching. We'll be back next week with a more uh, in-depth stuff on the Buckeyes and their recruiting efforts. See ya.